Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season two, we're talking all about remote work. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I have another awesome interview episode for you today, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Sanja Lioness Mackey. And she just happens to be my co-host on Clubhouse for our room, Ditching Your Day Job to Travel the World on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, if you ever want to check us out there. But Sanja is a powerful and dynamic keynote speaker, a two-time Amazon best-selling author, a purpose-to-profit life coach, and a mindset master. And so her story is awesome because she escaped the corporate chains of mediocrity in May 2016 in order to live her dream life as a location independent global citizen and digital nomad. But before she escaped the corporate world, she had asked her boss to take her job remote. And so I just love this part of the story because this was way before the pandemic. This was way before remote work was a huge thing, like it's becoming nowadays. And so without further ado, I present to you this interview with Sanja. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I have another fantastic interview episode today, and I'd like to introduce you to my guest, Sanja Mackey. And actually, Sanja, thanks for being here. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, yes, yes. Such a loaded question. <laughs> so I am many things. I am uh, an Amazon bestselling author two time. I am a keynote speaker. I am a purpose to profit life and business coach. So I love to work with women to discover and uh, monetize their purpose and passions via a work from anywhere remote business. And uh, I guess ultimately I'm an escape artist. So I love to say I'm, gonna meet, I'm a mediocrity escapologist. So, um, so that certainly applies in the, the sense of the word mediocrity. So I'm all about extraordinary, uh, amazing, uh, very different, very unique. And that definitely spills over into my travels. But in terms of my travels, I love to curate uh, off the beaten path adventure trips and also luxury mansion escapes for high performing entrepreneurs and also employees who just need to take a break and take a pause from all that goal chasing and goal setting um, that they're doing so they can indulge in just a little bit more fun and excitement and soul rejuvenation with like-minded people. So I'm all about that as well. So that's about what I do in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love it so much. Escaping mediocrity. Like, I think that's what we need more of in the world. But we're this whole season's about remote work. So we're going to take it back to your former life a little bit. Can you tell us about your career and what you were doing before you started doing all of this? Yeah. So my background is background 
It's primarily in oil and gas. So I worked for some major companies, ExxonMobil and Royal Dutch Shell. And Shell was the company that I uh, resigned from back in 2016 so that I could become a full-time digital nomad and step into my business full-time. But definitely the last couple of years of my corporate career, uh, I worked remote and that was a strategic move to give me more freedom uh, to travel and see the world. So uh, I worked in the office and you know I've had different stints over the years years that allowed me to travel. For example, when I was an internal auditor and I went all around the world auditing many of our operations uh, for the company. Um, and really though, my passion is travel. My passion is travel. And so I just wanted to be out there. And I was always dreaming about being out there. I was either planning a trip. I was on a trip. I was talking to my friend about a trip. A trip was on the, the screen, on my, on my uh, screensaver. It was just my life. It was what made me become alive. So like many of my friends, it was getting creative and innovative. How can I do more traveling? How can I uh, be more remote so that I can work from anywhere? And so literally that was kind of how it started, just this burning desire to be out there in the world more and not be in some cubicle in the office building. So that was kind of what kicked it all off. Love it so much. And I think it's so relatable. I'm sure so many of us have felt the same way or maybe currently feel that same way. Like we just want to travel, but how do we make that possible? So can you talk a little bit more about like how you were feeling in your role while you were kind of confined to the office before you took it remote, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling, oh my God, stifled, uh, restless. Um, you know, you know a, a good way to describe it is I always wanted to escape. And I think that's why I love that word escape. And I always wanted to get away. And I was always dreaming about it, as I mentioned earlier. And, you know, even when I came back from the escape or from the trip, it was like, okay, when's my next escape? You know, and I always kept several planned at any given time because that was what kept me going. That was like that high that you have, right? In fact, I read that somewhere. It was an article that said, you get as much as of a, of a high in terms of planning a trip as you do is actually actually being on the trip. So that was my thing. And so either I was on the trip or I was planning the trip, but I was always trying to get away. And so literally I had to ask myself at one point in time, why do I always have to get away? What is going on here? Okay. And it reminds me of this quote by Seth Godin, where he says, instead of always having to escape, Basically, why don't you create a life you don't have to escape from? And so certainly that made me stop in my tracks and really look at my overall life and see what is going on. And it just felt like my, my best life, living my best life, which involved travel, of course, was in conflict, direct conflict with my work life. It really felt like this work thing was getting in the way. And, you know, of course I needed the money, but, uh, you know, to pay my bills and sustain myself, but it was like, you know, can I just get a paycheck without having to work for it? <laughs> because the work thing was getting in the way. It was literally taking up my time. It was, I had to come back to the office. I had to come back to the cube, um, you know, and it was just keeping me from being out there doing what I loved, which was traveling. And so that was some of what I was feeling at the time, very restless, very uh, confined, very much in conflict. Like there were these two parts in me, but they were in conflict. They were in constant conflict. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Like, I think it's so relatable, but like 
in my situation, like I also worked in oil and gas, which is so funny, but I didn't have that awareness. I knew something wasn't right, but I couldn't like quite pinpoint it. So makes total sense in hindsight for me anyway. And so can you walk us through like what your next steps were? You basically took this job remote before the pandemic, before it was popular, before it was the thing to do. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. So it seems like everybody's doing it now. It's the thing to do. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know. Um, Trendsetter. When I was doing it, yeah, when I was doing it, there weren't a lot of people doing it at all. And uh, if you did ask to do it, it was more along the lines of maybe a family type situation, uh, you know, new baby or whatever, where, uh, you know, those were the arrangements that you were making, but it definitely was more the exception than the rule. And so there were some changes in my work group so, you know, and of course, uh, Shell is a, is a Dutch company headquartered out of the Netherlands. So my manager was actually in the Netherlands and we were actually a global work team. And so I think a lot of people can identify with this where your team is global and your manager may not even be in the same uh, state or the same country as you. So I, we had a person that was in Germany. We had a person that was in England. I was in Houston, Texas. We had a couple of people in other places and she was in the Netherlands. So we literally were a global team and we supported people globally. So the people that I supported both internally in the company, but also externally were also global. So when we started having some, uh, some changes and some movement in our company in terms of organization, um, you know, it left me the only person on my team in Houston, Texas, and everybody else was spread out. Everybody else was somewhere else. And so literally, um, again, with that re-arc, they were moving people physically as well in the buildings and to other campuses and that sort of thing. So literally, I was finding myself kind of the lone lioness, so to speak, <laughs> as I called myself. And so I, it just didn't make sense. I was the lone person. It didn't make sense for me to be there by myself in an office when all my team and everyone I supported was working globally. It just made sense more than ever for me to work remote. Um, and I always say work remote because a lot of people may say work from home, but I had no intentions of being at home. I had every intention of being out in the world and traveling um, with that time. So I always said work remote and literally, it was a conversation that I had with my manager where, um, and I know that I was lucky. I was lucky in that it was very much like a two minute conversation maybe, if that, um, where I literally made the case very quickly, um, how we had had the organization, the re-arg, that everyone was dispersed, that the people I supported were globally global, and that it really didn't make sense for me to be the sole person in an office when I could just work remote. And so I sort of laid it out for her. She said, yeah, uh, I agree. No problem. And that was that. And suddenly I had approval to work remote and I jumped on it quickly. <laughs> so oh that's God. how it happened for me. That's awesome. And so exciting and so logical. Like your case, it's foolproof. It makes so much sense. So where was the first place you went after you got your location freedom? Oh my goodness. A lot of different places. And, and here's the deal. You got to make sure the Wi-Fi is good. 
<laughs> which, you know, of course I was new to remote work. So I just had stars in my eyes and I was just ready to go. But I learned very quickly, you know, I went to some of the islands, some of the, um, some Caribbean islands, but then I also went to Bora Bora and the Maldives. So I went close and I went far. And so those things had always been on my list. And so I'm all about my bucket list. That is a huge thing for me. And it seems like for everything I check off, I add two more things in its place. So I went near and far and, uh, but I learned very quickly about the Wi-Fi and that you have to have a solid connection um, if you're going to try and work remote. So that was uh, something I learned the hard way, um, but I learned very quickly. Yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. And like, yeah, you would learn that extremely quickly. So your boss was really understanding. You got to travel, you got to work remotely. Did it feel good enough for you? Or was there still something in the back of your mind that's like, my job is still interfering with my travels? Well, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Because, and this is the thing about corporate, and certainly, you know, I don't want to get into the whole corporate employee, you know, corporate employee versus entrepreneur thing, because I think we need both. And I think people are cut out for both. And, um, you know, it's just about finding what works for you in the world. But I still felt like I was capped because uh, my boss still wanted to see me, um, you know, because here's, here's what happened. Actually, there was a change in my, in my manager, okay? And uh, the one who had agreed to me working remote went away, and the one who came came in, came in during another, during another reorganization. And what happened was she was now located in the same place I was located in Houston, Texas. And now all of a sudden, there were some other people on my work team that were in the same city. And so one of the first things she said was, okay, well, what about coming back into the office? And I said, well, what? You know, I said, that, no, I said that would be like working backwards. It, it, to me, it was seemed like a backwards move. It felt like uh, a, not a progressive move in terms of moving forward, but something that was actually going backwards and backtracking. And so I literally told her that. And I said, mm, no, I've been working remote for over a year. Why would I want to do this? Why would I want to come back into the office? Literally, I asked her those questions. And, uh, you know, she was like, well, don't you want to be in the office with me and the rest of the team? And, I, you know, I had to be honest like, no. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a little dicey because she was my new manager, but I had to be honest because I had been working remote over a year and there was no way I wanted to go back to commuting in the office and sitting in a cube every day. There was just no way. And so um, she ended up being my manager for about a year before I decided to leave the company. But we definitely had a, a type of friction relationship. And I think part of it was from the very beginning, I didn't agree to come back into the office. I mean, I couldn't. I had already tasted freedom. And, and, but it wasn't complete freedom because I still was sort of tethered to core working hours where I had to be available and online for my customers and clients, both internally and externally. Um, I still had to pop into the office, even with her, once a week in order to see her. OK, um, because she, she kind of acquiesced to what I was saying, which is that, no, I'm not coming back into the office. But what we mutually agreed on is for one hour, I would come in for a meeting, a touch point, you know, um, and so we agreed to that. So I still didn't have complete and total freedom. I could only go somewhere. You know, I could get away every now and then with saying, hey, let's do this one virtually. You know, I'm unavailable or I've got something going on or I'm with the family or what have you. But more or less, she expected to see me in the office once a week. So. 
for about an hour or so to have a touch point meeting. So I didn't have complete and total location freedom or time freedom. And that still kind of weighed on me a bit. Things were much better, but I didn't have complete and total freedom. So that was going on. That was still the case. But also I just wanted to do work that was more purposeful and more impactful for me. And I was really feeling like I'd started my business, the coaching aspect of my business, where I work with women to discover their purpose and passions and monetize it. And I really loved that work. I really felt like I was created for it. Um, but I wanted to do more of it. And that also was starting to conflict with my uh, corporate job and the work that I was doing. So literally, it, it became a question of if I was going to live my best life, you know, which was me um, stepping out into my purpose and doing the work that I thought I was uniquely qualified to do with my gifts and skills and talents, but also having complete freedom, time freedom and location freedom to work from anywhere in the world that I wanted to, I needed to step away from the company. So that's sort of the, the trajectory of how that decision came to be. Makes total sense. And so I'm going to backtrack a little bit to like your original manager who was cool with you working remotely. And so while you were traveling and going to Bora Bora and all these places, like how long would you stay? What was like your setup and how did you balance your workday with your travels? Oh, you know, she was fine with, because as I said, uh, not only was she in the Netherlands, but we were on completely different time zones. So I was in the central standard time zone when I was in, you know, Houston and in my home city and usually about, I would say 12 o'clock noon or so she was heading home for the day because her day was over. Okay. Now, as I traveled, then we, our time zones sort of crossed more or, or became closer together or further apart. Um, but it wasn't sort of thing where I had to touch point with her, touch base with her every day. I just had to make sure that I was getting my work done. And so I had that flexibility and that really allowed me to work from anywhere and really travel. Now, here was the thing, though, because, again, this was new to me at first when I was doing remote work. And all I had was stars in my eyes because I was finally doing what I wanted to do, which was travel and see the world um, and, and, and be working at the same time and making money at the same time. So I had to quickly learn. And I think this is the case for anybody who does remote work or works from home that you have to quickly learn. It's not a vacation. You are on uh, you are still working. And you need to set up a schedule that allows you to continue working, continue being productive. So it wasn't like I could go out and do a tour in the middle of the day or anything like that. Um, I literally had to remember working hours, be available during those core hours, even though I didn't have to be, even though that wasn't stipulated. But I didn't want to give them any cause for pause in terms of thinking or saying, hey, this remote thing isn't working out. So I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation where they say, okay, I wanna make sure this really works. I'm gonna do a little bit more, go a little bit above board to make sure that nobody has a reason or cause for pause to say this isn't working. So it was making myself available. It was remembering that I was on a work schedule that I had to work and it wasn't vacation. It was having some structure and some discipline, which I think is something that people who initially work remote, um, they don't think they really need. They think, oh, I'll, I'll do, I, you know, I'm working from home. I know how to work. I'll be good. But literally, it's almost like you have to get up and get dressed sometimes as if you were going to work. I've talked to people who are like that. And they say, I literally have to get up and get dressed and go into my office as if I was going to work just to implement a measure of structure and discipline. So quickly, I think I learned that early on that 
I still have to remember this is work. This is not vacation. So I need some structure. I need some discipline. I need some parameters so I can make sure that I get things done. Um, and this doesn't come to a quick halt because uh, I didn't take it seriously because I felt like I was on vacation. That, that Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. I was actually thinking about this like today or yesterday with like remote work up becoming up and coming and a lot more people are having the flexibility and the freedom to travel and work for an employer. Like your job is still a top priority and it needs to be so we don't like blow it and ruin it for future people who want to have remote jobs because exactly. if we're like slacking off in the middle of the day and stuff like that, then it's going to be very easy for the employer to say like, oh, this remote work setup doesn't work. And, exactly. that was and I think you, you know, for a lot of people, I think that is the case, you know, um, certainly it was easy, you know, foray into remote work for me, but for a lot of people, it is like literally make, making the case and really laying it out and really trying to convince a manager who is convinced that you are not going to be productive at home. And so literally a lot of people then kind of go overboard to prove, and I don't think you have to go overboard, but I do think you have to be cognizant of, you know, it's about being productive. It's still work. And you want to give them no reason to think that this is not working or that you are less productive working remote uh, because you want to keep this setup that you have. And so it's about making sure that you have the structure and the discipline and the parameters in place to be successful and to keep being a productive employee um, so they don't have anything to bring to your attention. Absolutely. I love that. And so can you give some advice to someone like maybe they like their job, they're ready to take it on the road. How would you navigate that conversation with the manager or boss? I would say for sure, you know, you know, your manager, you know, your boss and you know what some of their concerns are. So, for example, uh, when I worked for ExxonMobil, it was a lot about FaceTime. You know, the huge thing was FaceTime. They like to see your face because then they felt like you were doing work. And of course, we know that that's not, uh, you know, that's not a direct correlation between those two things, but that was a prevailing uh, item in the culture. So you really have to understand the culture of your company, but also uh, your manager or your work unit and really how they view things and how they see things. Because if you're going to try to make a case, you need to be proactive in terms of getting all the I don't want to call it ammunition, but all the power, you know, all everything you need in your arsenal to make your case. You literally have to think about their objections ahead of time. What might they object to? What might they be concerned about? And make get your evidence in order, get your uh, parameters in order, lay everything out. How is this going to work? Like literally being able to anticipate what their concerns and questions might be and proactively getting those answers ahead of time. Okay. And so literally doing that is going to go a long way toward letting them know, hey, you've thought about this, you understand their concerns, you're committed to the job, committed to the company, and you've thought ahead proactively about how you can continue to be a good, productive employee, get your work done, meet the needs of your clients and customers, uh, meet your performance parameters. You've thought about that ahead of time. And I think that's going to go a long way towards uh, really um, you know, just salving, you know, salvaging some of their feelings and, and uh, alleviating some of those concerns and fears. So I definitely think that's part of it. But then, you know, once you have that approval, then it's like, yeah, the, the, you know, you're all excited and you're all happy. But then it's like, where are you going to go? 
Okay. And so again, I like to use the words working remote versus working from home because literally you can work remote now from anywhere. So where is it that you want to go and making sure that um, you have what you need in order to continue being a productive employee while you're gone. So for me, all I really needed was a good solid Wi-Fi, good solid working internet connection. That was really what I needed in order to do the work that I was doing. And so I quickly learned from a couple of bad choices, like a couple of islands, <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, the internet is a little dicey that um, if I'm going to travel, I need to make sure that these com these countries support uh, my Wi-Fi connection, my internet, so that I can stay connected. That was hugely important. And of course, there are so many countries out there that to choose from, so many cities, so many states, um, you know, so that's not a problem at all. So it was literally just zeroing in on the ones that I knew had a solid connection uh, for me to use, and I was good to go. And so I would definitely recommend that people consider that, what do you need to continue you're doing your work? What do you need to continue being a productive employee? Because again, the bottom line is to never have this fall apart or to give your manager or your company uh, ammunition to say this isn't working. Awesome. Solid, solid advice. And so what changed that you were like, I am done working for an employer. I'm ready to start working for myself. Was it that change in manager or had you started your own business prior to that? You know, I had started my, my business ahead of her coming in. And it was interesting because I didn't grow up thinking I'd be an entrepreneur, like dreaming of being an entrepreneur one day. I didn't even grow up dreaming of traveling, you know, that was just not something that, you know, we really did. I didn't, we didn't really have entrepreneurs in my family. Um, certainly I watched television and I was inspired by magazines and things on television in terms of what I wanted to see, which is why Africa was such a huge uh, dream come true for me, but it wasn't something that we actively did. Um, so I would say uh, as I got into the company and as I matured, as I grew older, uh, you know, definitely thoughts of entrepreneurship started to come to me. And I think part of the reason why was looking at other friends and other people in my travel spaces and just people who were like me. They loved travel so much that they were saying, what can I do? to be able to do more travel? What can I create? What type of business will allow me to do this? And they were just so creative and so innovative and they were taking off the blinders and just really being expansive in terms of their mindset and just really pursuing uh, things that I had not thought about. And so I literally had not thought about entrepreneurship growing up, but now here was the opportunity to do that, but to do it in a way that would allow me to travel. And so, and also to fulfill my purpose and really feel like I was making, I was using my gifts and skills and talents to make a difference in the world. And I will say that, you know, unlike many people, I could see the fruits of my labor, you know, in terms of working with the company. Like I worked with many automotive products, so I could literally go into a store and I could literally see products that I had a hand in, you know, like uh, Rain-X that you put on your glass for your car, uh, wiper blades, um, air fresheners, seat covers, black magic in terms of car wash and things like that. So literally I could see my efforts on a shelf, but it was the company's goals and it was what the company wanted and it was their products and services. It wasn't mine. And so literally that was starting to, to be something that I was thinking more about what is going to be my mark on the world. Um, 
what is it that I want to do with my life in terms of my purpose and my goals? And so those things were just becoming bigger and bigger for me. And so that led me to open my business uh, while I was still working for corporate. But definitely as things hit that last year, um, yeah, it, it was a little bit more friction with me and the last manager. Um, not just, I think, in terms of me just really flat out refusing to come back into the office. Um, I just wasn't going to do it. And, um, and, and literally, I tell people even now, you work remote for the past two years in the pandemic, why would you go back into the office? Like, literally, if I was still a corporate employee, I would tell the company, make a case. You make a case for me coming back into the office. I would, I would tell my manager that. I would not just go back into the office. So, um, so literally, I, you know, it was in my blood. Once you've tasted freedom, it is difficult to go back into that type of environment. So, um, so I would say a lot of things were weighing at the time. My, my coaching business was starting to take off more. Uh, more and more, I wanted to work in my purpose and see the fruit of my own labor. And I wanted to be really free to travel more. So all of those things were kind of coming to a head. And, you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. More conflict uh, between that work-life balance, more uh, wanting to be gone. My, my manager was irritating me more. My coworkers were annoying me more. And it was, just, it, it was just starting to be that time. And I think sometimes it's like that for people where everything starts to converge and that this is not working. This is not working for you anymore. And everything becomes so uncomfortable that you have to make a move. And so literally, I think that's part of the plan. I think that's the way the universe, God, whatever you believe, that that's the way things start to line up and things become uncomfortable so that you can get ready to move. And so literally, that was the way it happened for me. And I always tell people, I tell this story and people love when I tell it, but um, I didn't leave with two weeks notice. I didn't leave with two days notice. I left with two hours notice. <laughs> you know, when I was done, I was done. <laughs> and so I remember that day, it was on a Friday. And um, my boss and I, we had every other Friday off. And so this was her Friday off and my Friday on. And so I woke up very leisurely because it had been leading up to it. I'd been feeling it. I've been feeling this thing is imminent. It's coming soon because I'm getting to the point where I just don't want to do this anymore. And um, literally, I, I remember the Wednesday before the Friday. I usually work with a lot of screens open and I just had a call with my manager and she was talking about what all she needed on that Monday for a meeting. And so I was like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I was agreeing with it. But as soon as I got off the phone, I started closing down all my windows one by one by one. And to me, that will always be a tangible sign that I was done because I literally closed down all my windows. And so I didn't know for sure that it would be that Friday, but it turned out to be that Friday and I woke up. Um, I decided to go and have a leisurely breakfast at one of my favorite breakfast spots. And then I called HR <laughs> and I said, I need to come and see you. And they said, uh, well, can't you just send us an email? And I said, no, I need to come and see you. And so I went into the office uh, where they were. And literally when the HR person came down to the lobby, I handed her my badge and I handed her my laptop. I said, here's my stuff. I quit. I'm done. And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, she was very <laughs> caught off guard. And, you know, and she said, well, did you even let your boss know? I'm telling you, and, all, and I had forgotten to let my boss know. I forgotten <laughs> to send her a message. So I said, oops. And so I took the laptop back and I typed one line, notice of resignation. And I typed the, the statement 
uh, consider this email my official notice of resignation effective immediately. I pressed send, I closed the laptop, and I handed it back to her, and I walked out the doors of corporate. And that was almost six years ago. Oh, my God. Very bold. So Very. Knowing, <laughs> knowing everything you know now, would you terminate your employment in the same way? You know, here's the thing. I never would have thought I would have done that. Like if you would have told me ahead of time, Sanja, you're going to leave with two hours notice. You're not even going to give them two weeks notice to get somebody else in, to help train somebody else. In. I would have said, no, no, I wouldn't do that. That's not me. I would never do that. Why would I leave? Why would I burn a bridge? Why would I leave the company in the lurch? That's not me. I'm not the kind of person. That's what I would have told you. But you know, it's like they always say, you never know what you will do until you are in that situation. And when I was in that situation and I was feeling the, the, the cage doors closing on me, <laughs> you know, so to speak, man, don't want to be melodramatic, but really in a way it felt that way. Um, yeah, it felt like this is the move I need to make. I don't want to do this now one more day, now one more hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And absolutely. And you never know until you're in that situation. And there are situations where you're like, I cannot give two more weeks. I need to get out right now. And I've well, been you know in what? that situation. Yeah. You know what? Here's the deal too. Here's the thing I learned from that too. You can't put a price tag on your peace of mind. And that's what was starting to, to be affected towards the end. My peace of mind and my well-being. You know, like a couple of times a week uh, or at least once a week, I was calling my friends and saying, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> you know, um, so literally that was starting to weigh on me. I had talked to my mom and dad about it and let them know that this was probably going to be the action I would be taking at some point in time because things were just I just was feeling it. It was I was feeling it was time to go. And, you know, you also have to understand that I grew up with the mentality um, and what I was told, which is go to college, get a good education and get quote, a good paying corporate job with benefits. And you're going to be set. You're going to be set. You won't have to worry about anything else. That will be your life. And so literally I had that. I went to college. I even went back to graduate school and got my master's. I had two good paying corporate jobs with benefits, quote unquote, but literally things were still missing for me. And so I also had to give myself permission as all this was going on to step away from this great job, like literally with a great company that I could have stayed with for the rest of my working career, a six-figure salary, a five-figure bonus that approached six figures. So literally the things that many people are looking for, but I was saying, no, this isn't enough. I need more. And so giving myself permission to pursue more, but not to feel guilty about wanting more. And I think sometimes people go through some of these things where they think, well, you know, I have a good setup. I should be happy with what I have. Let me just put my head down and keep working or, you know, feeling guilty about wanting more um, because they should be happy with what they have, because maybe it's better than what many people have. So there are a lot of things that can go through your mindset that you are trying to work through as you make these decisions to determine what is ultimately best for you. And that's really what you have to do. You have to determine what is ultimately best for you. And it may not look like what your parents said. It may not look like what your friends are doing. Um, people may not understand it. You may be you know, people may perceive you as crazy for doing what you're doing, but you have to be led by your heart 
and you have to pursue your own path in life. And that was what I had to do. And all of these things were converging where it was really starting to affect my well-being. And I just learned that no paycheck is worth my peace of mind and my well-being. And that really all came together and converged for me to decide to leave. Totally. 100%. I just, I feel like rejuvenated by what you just said. It's all spot on. And I think it's important to remember that and hear that. And yes, like at a certain point, it might be good enough, but is that what you want for your life? Do you want your life to be good enough? And if the answer is yes, then like, fine. But like, if you want more, there is more there for you. That was exactly how I felt. I felt like, you know, if people, and I say this a lot on Clubhouse when I'm having rooms and everything, your life may be okay. Uh, you know, not like great, great, but not like the worst either. You know, it's okay. But is that what you want? Just okay? I didn't want just okay. I, that was mediocre to me. I didn't want mediocre. I wanted like extraordinary. I wanted magnificent. I wanted amazing. I wanted my best life. So okay wasn't okay with me. Yes. Oh, love it. Exactly. And that's why you're the mediocrity escape artist. So yes, total sense. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit more about your business and how you help people and how it's evolved since you started it while you were working to where it is today? Well, you know, it's interesting because I didn't start the work that I'm doing today. That wasn't the way that I started. So when I was still with corporate and starting to do more traveling, working remote and that sort of thing, what I was seeing was that so many women were afraid to travel solo. They were afraid to travel by themselves. And they were always waiting for other people. They were waiting for their friends. They were waiting for their you know, significant other. They were waiting for their family. They were always waiting for somebody else. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Why are you always waiting <laughs> you know, to live your own best life? Let's just go. And so I started literally hosting travel experiences to take some of these single women out into the world and to help show them the world and the life that they could be living if they weren't sitting at home waiting on other people. Because really what I realized is that I was gonna miss a whole lot of my life if I kept waiting on other people's schedules, other people's bank accounts, other people's priorities, I was gonna miss my life. And I wasn't willing to do that, but I was seeing so many women who were doing that that I wanted to help. So it started in that way. But as it morphed, I realized that these women weren't just afraid of maybe taking a trip by themselves, say to another country, they were afraid to go to the movies by themselves or to go out to eat by themselves. And literally they were missing so much of their life because of fear and doubt and insecurity. And so that led me to go into the coaching arena, which where I started to approach some of those things and working with women on overcoming limiting thoughts and sabotaging behaviors. So that was definitely, you know, one thing that I loved but then came the piece that I was actually going through, which was finding my purpose, really discovering my purpose and passions, and then starting to create a work, uh, a business around it. And certainly with everything that I was going on, making it a remote business where I could work from anywhere. So literally there was this trajectory where it just kept morphing based on what I was seeing with the women that I was working with in terms of their needs or the things that were getting in the way of them living their best life or and or what was happening in my life and what was keeping me from living my best life. And so literally my business has evolved over time. And so today I have various components, um, but you know, I love to read and love to write. I love to uh, speak. 
I, so all of those things I've turned into a stream of income. I still host the travel experiences, you know, curate the, uh, the escapes for the luxury people, but also the adventure people. But yes, a huge part of it and a part that I love is also continuing to help these women overcome limiting thoughts and sabotaging behaviors and discover their purpose and passions and create that work from anywhere business around it. So, but it was definitely a, a trajectory that really morphed and changed over time. Um, but I think it's, yeah, I like really where it has ended up and it, it has allowed me to really stay in touch with all of the things that I'm passionate about, which is definitely something that I wanted when I stepped away from corporate. I wanted to wake up inspired and motivated because I got to do what I love for a living every day. And I got to make money, but also make a difference and an impact in the world. That was hugely important for me. I love that so much. And it's like so important to note that like where you start doesn't have to be where you end up. But if you don't start, you're not going to end up anywhere. So it's exactly. kind of like taking action in order to find out what the aligned next step is. So you do need to start somewhere. And that goes for your own business or anything in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy because, you know, I've been thinking about possibly potentially going back to get my PhD. And one of the things that I think I want to do if I do that is study um, fear. Because it, it, it's, it's just this emotion that luckily I don't really deal with it, okay? Like I tell people I eat fear for breakfast. It is not a thing for me, but it's a thing for most of the world. And I see people literally like letting fear get in the way of everything that they want. And it boggles my mind as I watch it that they could let the stories that they tell themselves in their head become the biggest obstacles and barriers keeping them from living the life that they want. So I'd love to just explore that more and understand the psychology behind it and what causes this and why would somebody stand in the way of what it is they want with these, these false narratives, which is really what they are most of the time, these negative failed false narratives, but they hold on to them so tightly that they literally keep them from living the life of their dreams. Oh my goodness. So true. So true. I love that you eat fear for breakfast and it's so interesting. And so that would be like fascinating to do a PhD on. So I can't wait to follow along and see if you pursue that and what you find out. So last question, I want to be mindful of your time, but do you feel that you're able to balance your own business and your travels differently than when you had a job for an employer? Oh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe. And I'll say it's a yes or no type of thing, okay? And even now that's still morphing and changing. I love what I do. And because I love what I do, I could literally work on it 24 seven, seven days a week. And I have literally like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have. And so I literally have to remind myself sometimes that this was not the plan, Sanja. The plan wasn't to work more, okay? The plan was to work smarter, not harder. This plan was to do more of the work that you love to do. Um, so literally, you know, it's still morphing and it's still changing. So one of the things that I'm wanting to do more of this year is get more passive income type of products in place where I can continue to make money, but not have to spend time doing it. So that's huge for me to get more of my time back so that I can, again, continue to travel, but also spend time with my family. You know, my parents are getting older, all these sorts of things, be there to spend time with my nieces and nephews. So those things that we want to do, those people that we love to spend time with, wanting to get more of that time back. So I, I think 
And I see this a lot with entrepreneurs and it's tough. It's tough because a lot of times you love what you do. It's your baby. It's your business. You know that if it's going to grow, it's going to be mostly due to you and the time and effort that you put into it. But I'm also realizing so much more this last year that we have to take a pause. We have to take those breaks to uh, rejuvenate, to restore, to renew, to refresh ourselves, but also to make sure that we are actually enjoying the fruit of our labor along the way. So the idea is not just like it wasn't in corporate for me to wait until I retire to live my best life. It's not the plan now. I don't plan to wait until I retire to live my best life. I want to live my best life all along the way, all along the journey. So it's continuing to remember that even in the midst of this business that I love and I'm trying to grow, that I got to stop and literally smell the roses. You know, it's such a cliche line that we heard growing up, but more and more I'm realizing, you know, cliches are what they are for a reason. Like people say them all the time for a reason. They're true. You got to stop and smell the roses along the way. And so that's what I'm reminding myself to do. And those are some of the changes that I'll be making in my business this year that will allow me to pull back some and also still make money, still service people, but do it in a way that gives me more of my time and allows me to have more fun and enjoy life more. I love that. And such an important reminder, honestly, because yeah, the idea is never, you don't become an entrepreneur to like lose more of your free time, but that often is what happens. So it's such an important reminder and like, take those breaks, take that rest. That is part of the journey as well. So thank you for that. And so Sanja, I've loved this conversation. I love your energy and you just make such fantastic points. So if people want to find you online and learn more about you, where can they find you? So right now, you know, I recently paused my Facebook community. Okay. So I, it was a community that I'd had for three and a half years. And that was a little tough to do because I had, you know, poured myself into it. But, you know, it's all part of morphing and, and changing. And as I tell people all the time, you can't be afraid to pivot in your business. Uh, when something is no longer working for you and it's, or it's time to grow and evolve in a new way, you have to be able to let go. I think that's an important business lesson to let go and be able to pivot in a new direction. So certainly I love Clubhouse, which is where I met you yeah. and so many other wonderful people. And so you can definitely find me there at Sanja Mackey, S-O-N-J-I-A-M-A-C-K-E-Y. You could also find me on Instagram by that same handle. And I will be looking at, uh, I'm revamping my website now, but I will be putting that back into play uh, in the coming weeks. And you can find me on my website by the same name. So literally those are some places where you can find me. Perfect. Thank you. And I will link it all in the show notes so everyone can find you easily. And as we wrap up, before we close out today's episode, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Oh, you know, it's hard to wrap everything up into a final thought, but I would just say, really think about what is the life that you want to live? What is going to make you happy? What is going to fill your heart with uh, laughter and smiles and love and fun and joy and all those things? Really think about that and then start to execute on that. Put that into motion. Take action to bring that dream to life. And it's okay if nobody gets it, if nobody understands it. I mean, there's no one in my family that travels as much as I do that my mom still doesn't get it. She still thinks it's a phase I'm gonna grow out of, or at least <laughs> that she's hoping I will grow out of. Um, but 
all that matters is, is that your, it's your life and it's how you choose to live it. And that is so important. We only get this one shot, this one chance, this one opportunity to, to do and become everything that we want to do and become in this world. So seize your opportunity, seize your opportunity. And I'll leave it at that. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for coming on here, Sanja. Fantastic conversation. And thank you for all of you tuning in today. I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Before you go, if you believe remote work is your path to more travel, but feel overwhelmed trying to find a job that will allow you the freedom you so desire, I've got you. The doors to my mini course, Remote Work and How to Find It, are now open. We cover everything from determining what kind of jobs will best suit your lifestyle, where to find these jobs, how to craft a resume and cover letter for success, and tips and tricks to succeed in the digital nomad lifestyle. You'll also gain access to a private Facebook group so you can have support in each step of your journey. Enroll now at travelshifters.com slash remote dash work or click the link in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, Come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.